to another episode of the Pop Culture Roundtable, the podcast that would have gotten away with it if it weren't for them meddling kids. In this episode, we talk about five perfect films, episodes, and Scoob. I'm Andrew Sale. I'm Lauren Rubin. I'm Patrick Hill. So rip off that mask, solve that mystery, and celebrate with a Scooby snack, because it's time for another episode. Jeez. kick every episode off by going around the table which is where we talk about something new fun and noteworthy about our weeks patrick did you buy a house this week i did yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know that's awesome thank you yeah i assume everyone's applauding i appreciate it um i don't know if i'm happy i mean i'm, I'm <laughs> happy good. like good. it's gonna be a house and it'll be my house and there is something about owning the place you live which I imagine feels great until like you have to fix something. Yes. But the idea that I can just <laughs> hang things on my wall with no care for having to patch it before like the next owner comes in. That's very exciting. Um, I'm very excited about the house. It'll be a while till it's done, but now I'm getting to do that fun. I feel like an adult now because now I get to talk about like I was having a conversation with someone earlier and I made a comment about, Oh, my loan officer and my accountant are both friends. Oh, and they yeah. both know my realtor and I, and I just had this. You just aged of, like ten years saying that sentence. I know, and I I hate it. I just <laughs> hate it. I just want someone to say, "Hey, Patrick, we really like you, and you don't have to go through any of this rigmarole, rigmarole, and you can just have your own house." That's why I need to happen. But instead, I have to do all this like adult stuff. So, yeah, it's very interesting. Super. It'll fun. probably be a growing experience, and then I'll probably get really upset at some point. Did you say a growing um, experience? Yeah, and if it turns out really good, <laughs> it'll be a nice groin experience. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, you're gonna do it your house. In Frank, <laughs> have some groin experiences wherever <laughs> I want to because it's my house. So yeah, that'd be nice thing. So I, I'm pumped about that. I did order one item this week. I ordered from Matt Can Draw off of his new Etsy yeah. page, and if you've seen it, he has a Bat Boy. So growing up, mm-hmm. whenever we were going to go check out at Bruno's or I have that pin, I did go to this, by the way, Piggly Wiggly uh, in the in the checkout was was like the tabloids. Right. It, or I say t- I don't know if tabloids right word, but it's all like the, the garbage fake. I'm not going to finish that statement. <laughs> the fake the fake magazines, <laughs> you know, with all the sensationalists clearly did not have in titles. And I, I remember seeing the Bat Boy pictures um at some point when i was a kid and so to see the pen and to see the whole like tabloid look and i don't think tabloid's the right word but whatever uh i just i don't know it reminds me of something primarily the smell of piggly wiggly and uh so i i went ahead and picked it up i really like his backer design for that one it's clever because it is like the tabloid thing like that's my favorite that's my favorite thing because he he does really good backers for. I agree. I'm not gonna say I've seen all his pens, but I've seen several pens that have really really great backers. And if you're gonna take the time, like if you're gonna sell a pen, put time put effort in the backer because honestly, yeah. I realize that you don't wear the backer, but when it comes to making the purchase and like like visually making the decision, that goes a long way into to cementing that decision for me, and I imagine it mm-hmm. does for other people as well. So I I'm tr- I'm trying I'm struggling to find where you I've tr- been trying to see what you're talking about this whole time, and I'm not seeing it on 
He linked to Etsy on his uh, Oh, he goes through his hello. So MattKendrell.com slash hello. That's like all of his links. And one of those is an Etsy shop. It's the bottom one. And literally the bat child is the very first pin that pops up. But um, again, Andrew, I know you've seen it. His Gremlins helmet pin. The backer for that is awesome. Uh, The turtles pins he did with like the little aquariums. Those are, Mm -hmm. man, those are great. So good on him. Matt has such a solid style i just super like his you know and it's not necessarily a style that like i load my house up with i don't have a lot of this but it's so recognizable it's so clean it's so vibrant and he he definitely or he clearly puts time into details and so i really appreciate that so hopefully his etsy does well for him i know he just recently set it up um Mm -hmm. but yeah okay i like this a lot that's okay now i this whole time i was picturing batman like like oh. Bat Boy, like I'm like I'm pretty sure he goes by Robin. <laughs> no, 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 yeah, um, the other one, the other now one. Now I'm tracking. Oh, those little Ninja Turtles. I didn't realize he had done pins yeah. of those. I had seen those <laughs> illustrations. Obviously, I didn't realize he had done pins of those. Yeah, how good is that aquarium yeah. backer though? Oh god. I mean, well, the pin is great really by good. itself, but I'm telling you, when you see it on the backer, it just it just pushes it so much further. Like it it, it makes me want to purchase it because of like yeah. the bigger story that it tells. I really think I'm really definitely like stuff. in the minority, but like sometimes if a pin has a really good backer that looks super cool on it, I keep the backer. And then if I don't have it on a jacket or bag, then I put it on my board with the backer because it just looks really cool. I definitely have backers I hold on to, I, but I, I've only held on to like two or three. It's not very many, uh, but I do hold on to some backers. Here's the other thing. Let's say that you're an artist and you want to create a pin or create a backer and don't know where to start. Mac can draw is in our Slack. So just join Slack, go to move1.network. Click on the Slack icon. You can join and you can talk to Matt. Ask him his process, where he bought him from, how he goes about it. The guy loves to talk, share info. And the other thing is mm-hmm. he apparently doesn't sleep because he's always up at like 1 o'clock and 2 <laughs> o'clock in the I morning. I was literally going to say that. He is the only member of our community, save maybe uh, we'll see, who mm-hmm. when when you need them, they are there. Like oh, yeah. immediately, like at any at any given moment, he must have notification. He must have this set up with his uh, with his Woof account. <laughs> <laughs> so he gets a fax and a pager and, or a page, and he gets an email, an email and a text. And <laughs> uh, Woof um, online too. His uh, his gray ca- his castle gray skull looks. It's fun, and I don't know if it was intended to be this way, but it totally is reminiscent of um, like the Bayside Tigers shirt. Um, from uh, Saved by the Bell. Yeah, and it just totally Bell. reminds me of that. Oh, I guess it's called the Grace Castle Grayskull Varsity. So maybe maybe that is what he was channeling. But it's super fun. Yeah, great, great stuff. So anyway, uh, join Slack. You can talk to Matt. Also check out his Etsy, etsy.com slash shop. Oh my gosh, I couldn't <laughs> get that L out for some reason. <laughs> etsy.com slash shop slash Matt can draw something about slash ending in the SH and shop starting with the SH and my brain just mm-hmm. needs it needs time to process it and it just wasn't working out so go just check out his page and click through stuff because the way Etsy's SEO stuff works is that you get boosted if you have more like likes and views or even just like clicks so that all helps with that absolutely do that uh have either of y'all seen the A24 auction so changing gears now have either of y'all seen the A24 auctions 
No. Yes. Yes. So A24. Uh, Trevor and make- I seriously considered getting some of that stuff. <laughs> yeah. So A24, frankly, makes some of my favorite films. And they make several films we've talked about on the podcast, either directly on the podcast or on after the film. I realize after the film has been in a bit of a hiatus due to the fact that theaters are also in a bit of a hiatus. Uh, but from this past year, some uh, movies that we saw together, uh, we saw um, The Lighthouse, which I know was very claustrophobic and, and um, trying to look, look for words that don't sound negative. But also, <laughs> I, wanna, I do want to communicate that I did not have a good experience. Um, not that it was a bad <laughs> film. It's just an uncomfortable film. Uh, yeah, I've also, heard about it. Uncut Gems, which is one of my favorite from last so year. Good. Um, mid nineties. Um, th- uh, I know Andrew. I think that you enjoyed Mid Midsummer, Midsummer, or did you? I, I might did. be wrong on that. Andrew, oh, you it. enjoyed it. <laughs> I, think, I think the more Andrew and I talked about it, maybe like the more okay it was with Andrew because we had tons of conversations about it. Uh, but mm-hmm. anyway, the idea is they took all these films and they are auctioning off items from the films. Uh, one of the items that ended so from Midsummer. There is a May Queen dress, which is, it just looks like flowers from neck to floor. And then this big flower oh, yeah. crown. That dress they did like sold a spoof of it at the Oscars if you haven't seen the movie. They did, yes. Um, mm-hmm. they, in fact, they did a spoof of several of the outfits in the opening. In the intro, yeah. In the intro mm-hmm. for the Oscars in the opening dance number. That dress sold for $65,000. What? That's yes. amazing. Why? I imagine it costs a shit ton to make, though, because of like all those individual flowers, if they're like high quality, are expensive. It or does handmade. seem like it would take a while. $65,000, though? $65,000. I mean, like, I don't have that much money at all, so that's like <laughs> well, un- here's what you'll level, love. but like <laughs> Here's what you'll love, Andrew. Lighthouse, the actual, the light itself, which obviously played very prominently in many scenes and in many uh uh you know little uh cinema cinematographic uh textury bits that's cinematic yeah what i wanted to say textury bits so i don't i it's i think it's okay the way i phrased it uh that is currently at eighty thousand dollars that makes more sense wow it has to be huge though right like a lighthouse light is big i don't think it is I think it's the size of my torso, which is huge. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, that's bigger than me. (laughs) I don't like what I just set myself up for. I'm pretty frustrated about this. (laughs) Hey, F you guys, too. (laughs) And the one I'm most excited about, the Furby from Uncut Gems, is currently at $13,500. There's several other things on there. Actually, Uncut Gems, I'm surprised. Trevor, Trevor, Patrick, are you going to buy that or a house? (laughs) My house costs way more than thirteen thousand five hundred dollars. I'm actually it has to to fit that torso in it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if my torso costs eighty, can you imagine what this house is going to cost? How much do you think your torso would sell for? <laughs> if it would sell for more than like five dollars, I would actively be out selling it right now. I I know my worth, and it ain't it ain't much. <laughs> I'm gonna get. I would get whatever. It doesn't matter. <laughs> Um, I was going to say the uncut gems prices actually seem very low compared to the other films. Um, and so from that standpoint, uh, I want to say a better deal, but it's not a deal. You're going to be spending some major money unless you want Dina's bat mitzvah dress. That's only $650. And, uh, I again, couldn't wear it. I, could I think put people it spend more than that on like 
their regular bar mitzvah. Yes. Well, I was going to say, some of the items, like some of his, like, for instance, his glasses that he wears in the film, they're, they're uh, Cartier glasses. Mm-hmm. And I actually think that new ones aren't much different. You know, I think they're only a little yeah. bit more than they would cost if you just bought a new pair anyway. Aren't so um, those prices aren't bad if you want a piece of memorabilia from that. Aren't they selling it all for charity, though? So, like... It is. So every just, yeah. every film is tied to a charity. So all the money that comes in from oh, that I film. Oh, I didn't actually realize that. That's cool. Yeah, so it, it's specific to the film. Um, but all the money that comes in for the items from that film are then going to go out to a charity. And so raising Spread the wealth. Uh, lots of money for like good stuff. But we can't afford any of that stuff. But if you want to go look at the things you can't afford, then... Uh, then you should go look at at that. If you want to look at things you can afford, then you can check out my Instagram at the Great Padsby. That's with two A's. That's a <laughs> joke. Mm-hmm. Andrew, I'm gonna stop talking now. You can go and just just You're gonna throw please. it to me. Okay, so a couple things this week it has been uh, has been a really strange week. I've kind of recaptured um, the what it means to to be addicted to something. For a while, I've been addicted to uh, running and uh, fitness stuff, and that's treated me really well. And then this week, I completely stopped doing any of that and put all of that energy into drawing. <laughs> like, yes, going to bed, like just saying, like, ah, I can draw one more thing before I go to bed. And then waking up and that being the, the first thing I want to do when I wake up in the morning. Um, and so... Uh, we actually started so I uh, land in world, Mariana, who we've talked about on the show. She yes. um, she and I are actually doing a collaboration, um, and we're nice. we're working on a piece together. I told you about this, Patrick, um, but uh, and I won't go into anything. it in detail right now. But I will follow up after this off air with you, Lauren, so you know what I'm talking I'm about. Joking. But <laughs> we're doing a <laughs> Disney related uh, Disney related collaboration. Um, and so in the process of talking, she encouraged me to like one night, she just encouraged me just to, to just draw something that night. And so I, I did. And then I just haven't stopped. And so I've kind of par, you know, parlayed that into this, uh, what I'm calling it's like what I'm calling like Disney a day drawing where I'm drawing at least mm-hmm. one Disney character every day from a different movie or from a different property or whatever. Um, and it's been really life giving. Um, to the point, and I, like I was thinking about it, like I'm so disconnected from Disney right now. N- everyone is practically right. <laughs> I, I was okay? trying not to burp on air. That's what. That's <laughs> what yeah, I hated it. I hated. I was gonna cry for a second. I was like, No, I'm, I'm so. Disconnected. I, no, I'm not that moved. I'm just trying not to. Uh, my Coke Zero just uh, just showed up um, for the episode, but. Uh, it was. Uh, it's been fun to do that because I I haven't had Disney. No one's really had Disney. Shanghai Disney just opened last week, um, mm-hmm. uh, and so parks all over the world, whatever. Uh, so it's been nice to kind of have that that touch of Disney, and I put it out there, and I've got lots of um, suggestions from people. So I'm kind of making my way through some of those requests. That has kind of turned into a couple of commission pieces that I'm getting paid for and stuff like that too, which is really nice. But it uh, it all kind of started by just getting the the encouragement and the challenge to start drawing. Um, and it's amazing how quickly that stuff kind of comes back. It's kind of my favorite, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and you forget about that stuff when you, when you don't do it and you kind of, but it's, yeah, it's cycled back around where it's, it's becoming much more um, natural again, which is really nice. 
Uh, so anyway, if you want to see those, uh, my Instagram is essentially at this point just a feed <laughs> of drawings. And so uh, specifically you can Disney you? characters for the most part. Yeah. Do you do them on Procreate or are they uh, no, that's just in all sketchbook? That is all in my barren fig right here. Yeah, I couldn't quite yeah. tell from like your just the way you have it like zoomed in, but I I think that's fine. Like I actually like miss like I'm kind of jealous that you have that like feeling again because like drawing is a lot of work to me most of the time, uh, yeah. and I don't very often get to draw just for fun, uh, or especially even just you know kind of draw on paper and not completely finish things like you've been doing. Yes. Like, where it's just like a, yeah. like a sketch and it's fun, uh, and I. Like I kind of I'm inspired by you to kind of try maybe do something similar, but I don't know what my version would be because yeah, well it it can, that's the thing like, it can be it yeah. can be whatever and I you can put as much effort or as little effort into it as you want. But when I first started doing it, it was taking me it, it took me the the first drawing I did was of Stitch and it took me like an hour mm-hmm. and a half and like na- I'm now to the point where it's so much more natural and I. I'm knocking stuff out really quickly. And then it gives me the yeah. opportunity to then go back and clean it up a little bit and post slightly more finished pieces if I want to. Some of them mm-hmm. I started adding color to and things like that. So um yeah, it's just been it's been really nice. I yeah. need to find a I need to find a healthy balance because I literally didn't run one mile last week. You literally have um, struck an unhealthy balance. <laughs> yes. This is funny, I'm, I'm I've like taken your miles maybe because I ran every day last week. <laughs> Give some back. How about this? You take some of my drawing, <laughs> some of my drawing hours. Yeah, I'll take some we'll of your running hours, and we'll meet somewhere in the middle. Um, Perfect. But uh, uh, yeah, so that's that's been kind of mostly my week. But on top of that, a, f- a few things. There's a discussion. Lauren had had said that she picked up <laughs> Animal Crossing and was playing a lot more this week again, and mm-hmm. I was saying that um, I set it down for a little bit. Uh, I don't think I played at all last week. I spent all of that time drawing, I guess. But um, You're going to get no points on your Nook Miles bonuses. I know. I'm not getting any <laughs> Nook Miles bonuses. But here's the deal. Here's what She was asking why I wasn't playing, and, and I thought we, we should save it for the co- for the podcast because mm-hmm. I think it's something. You literally were like, no, we cannot talk about yeah, it. Yeah, I think, I think it's something that people can <laughs> chime in about, yeah. especially chime in about because we've talked about yeah. this before. But, like, I got frustrated because um, – Animal Crossing is a game that if you're not doing it as a community thing, if you're not, you you can really optimize the game by doing it as a, a part of a community. Mm-hmm. If you're not a part of the community, you really, really have to grind to get, mm-hmm. you know, to get the money, to, to expand, to find items, to expand your, your island, um, to do all these different things. You really have to grind at it. And I realized that I just don't, I'm not into those grinding kinds of games. If I were, I would play like WoW or something, you know? Um, mm-hmm. But I, I don't. I like the community style of it, or I like being able to fulfill something pretty quickly. I, I like a platformer where I can go and play for 15 minutes and play one level and be good. Animal Crossing isn't quite that way. I know you can pick it up and leave it. Like that's, it's kind of a come as you go kind of, or come and go as you please kind of game. Um, mm-hmm. But without the community, what I found was I every every hour of the day I was able to play was the off hours when everybody else seemed to be able to play. Especially in our Slack channel, there's like six or seven yeah. people, and they're all in there at the same time. And they're like, oh, my my island's open. Oh, my island's open. Hey, turnips at my island are like $5,000 a piece. And I'm over here going, well, <laughs> shit, I, I missed that by four hours, and now I can't do anything because everyone's in bed or everyone's moved on to doing their work. And so I just hit this point where I'm like, I just can't. I just can't keep doing it. So maybe I'll pick it back up. I mean, I like the game. 
I want to continue to expand it, but it's just like, you, you understand what the frustration with this, Lauren? No, yeah, I, I totally do because like I, I also ha- actually do have mostly bad luck with meeting up with people. I feel like I get on like a like streak usually where I'll manage to meet up with people. But like if you also like and also like there's so many features that you can't access when you have your island open. So it's kind of annoying to even to have your island open now. So a lot of people aren't even doing it anymore. But like I just kind of like text with friends and I'm like, hey, who has this thing? Can you send one to me or in the Slack channel? And like I've been having more fun that way, kind of like making it a little easier but I did kind of get burned out or like I just didn't feel like playing as much so I'd just like check in do your little like kind of chores for the day that like you know like and then quit playing after like 30 minutes for like two weeks probably and then like this weekend I played like all day on Saturday okay I'm I'm glad to know that I'm not alone in that I think you just like it's like I kind of reset my how I think about that game where it's like it is not something where you're going to get like an answer or an end goal achieved very quickly. It's just something you're supposed to play a little bit forever. So like (laughs) I'm trying to (laughs) trying to just enjoy it more and only play when I actually feel like it. Yeah, it's intended to be I think it's intended to to be a a happy distraction. Uh, but when you're I not, I mean, they in test the- your patience a lot with like, you can only order the five items a day and like certain things you can only do once a day and things like that. It's frustrating. Yeah, it can, it can be, it can be that. So anyway, so, uh, Animal Crossing, but I, to, still, but to, still I mean, fun. I, again, I haven't played the game, so I'm going to add mm-hmm. commentary based on literally nothing, but yeah, that will match up with most of the commentary in our nation. Um, <laughs> It sounds like an actually pretty good balance between casual and hardcore player because a hardcore player does like those ultra specific limitations because then the reward for all their effort is they have something that other people don't get and can't easily get. But it does sound like as a casual player, you still have a lot of things you can tinker with to kind of keep you busy and not feel like you're left out. Yeah, and if you're super hardcore, like, people time hack it so that you're never waiting for all this stuff. Like, there are ways around this if you don't want to wait. Like, but I don't think that that's, like, like, to me, I'm not, it, I've never made that much effort. <laughs> like, no, I just want to, like, enjoy the game, like, as it is. Yeah, I don't want to have to go in and adjust all of my core switch settings just so that I don't have to wait the But the I have, like, more fun. Or... Like, this weekend, my friend that lives in Milwaukee texted me, and she's like, hey, do you have the, like, dresser for this thing? And I was like, oh, yeah. And she's like, do you want me to trade for anything? I'm like, yeah, sure. So, like, you know, I, I've just been having more fun with, like, that part of it. And I'm not even getting a chance to go to everybody's islands anymore, but I'm still, like, playing with my friends. Sure. Um, okay, so the other couple things. Uh, DuckTales. We've been watching a lot of DuckTales. We're all caught up. We're in season. We're in season three now, and so we're we're like live with DuckTales. This show is so good. If you guys are not watching it, it Patrick, is really good, don't. actually. It no. is really good, and like, um, it took me. I I've been watching already, uh, and then we set it aside for a little bit. We had watched most of season one, and it took me kind of reengaging it this past couple weeks to realize Lin Manuel Miranda is the voice of Gizmo Duck. Yeah, How cool the voice cast of the new DuckTales is so insane, which is, like, honestly the first reason that I checked it out when it came out. Uh, like, because, like, David Tennant is Scrooge. Uh, all the ducklings are someone famous that you know. Like, yeah. everybody let in me that run, show Let is me great. run through the list real quick. All right, David Tennant, Scrooge yeah. McDuck, Ben Schwartz, Dewey, Danny Pooby, mm-hmm. which is uh, um, uh, Troy and Abed in the morn. Abed yeah. from uh, Community is Huey <laughs> Duck. Um, Bobby Moynihan is Louie. Beck Bennett is Launchpad. Uh, Who looks like Launchpad in real life, I believe? He looks like Launchpad. Holy cow, that's hilarious. He absolutely (laughs) does. Um, 
And then, uh, like I said, Lin-Win- Lin-Manuel Miranda plays uh, Gizmo Duck and his character's name I can't remember right now. But um, And then there's a ton of like cameo voice actors that, that mm-hmm. pop in and out of there. So it is... And the writing is super good. It's super fun. If you remember the old I show, like there's the lots of animation style too. It's different, yeah, but the cool. animation style is is on point. But they do lots of callbacks to the comic book and to the original series. Mm. But then they also are pulling in. Now that I'm all caught up, they've pulled in the entire Disney Afternoon lineup has come in to the show on one way, form, or another. Oh. So like they have the the rescue rangers made an appearance oh, in an episode that's like like old um, favorite <laughs> goofy made an there was a whole episode with with where goofy was in there uh who else um donald duck I obviously remember in the old one like goofy and donald and like you know those like mickey mouse group of characters yeah, the coming Fab in Five. and hanging out with them yeah i don't or, or i like, don't remember that i do kind of but then like I don't remember like Rescue Rangers or that uh, those other no, like, Saturday morning ta- cartoons. Tailspin. But, like Chippendale are a big. Oh yeah, yeah. Never mind. There you're Tailspin totally right. <laughs> is yeah. also in it. That show is it, so it, cool. The 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 space or the 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 pilot um, whatever Darkwing Duck. Blue? Um, not Baloo wasn't in it, but like the pirates, the bad guys from Tailspin oh, are yeah. a, are a, a reoccurring bad guys that come in on this show. Um, uh, like I, I said, Darkwing Duck is in there, which is great because that already was a crossover because of Launchpad, mm-hmm. uh, and so that's really good. And then wasn't Launchpad in um, Tailspin too? Like he's always the through line. No, Baloo is the is the pilot in in Tailspin. But I thought he was in Tailspin. But I I was maybe it's, just making that up. There was there was also a a call to they didn't show any of these characters, but there was a call to gummy berry juice. They used that they had the gummy <laughs> berry juice, and so if you remember the gummy bears. Um, Webby bouncing drinks some of the gummy berry juice everywhere. and she's bouncing here and there and everywhere um, in the episode. So it's really, really good. Um, it is an absolute uh, pleasure to watch, especially growing up as a Disney kid and growing up as with the Disney afternoon lineup, like the cartoon lineup. It's it is something for, for you if you like that. Um, and the then first season, uh, so I gotta go back. The other thing, two other things. One is Disney related, and I'll I'll end on that one actually. Umbrella Academy season two did their announcement, um, July thirty so first. So it's, uh, long, it's coming it's in just like two months. We will have uh, season two of the Umbrella Academy, and the way that they did the announcement was pretty fun. They did like a mm-hmm. every character was at home, like they they did like all a Zoom like a Zoom compilation or whatever, where they recreated the scene where they're all dancing to the song "I Think I'm Alone Now." And then at the I end, did. they showed they showed that the the release date was uh, July thirty first, which was super fun. And for you, uh, Umbrella Academy people, you're very excited because season two is, should bring with it quite a lot of excitement. So um, I'm so excited to see what they do. I wonder how much yeah. of the like comic book stuff they'll stick to, or if they're just going to be like do their own thing. Well, yeah, because I mean they kind of did they did books one and two in the first season, so this one would yeah. just be book three. And then if they but do anything separate they left out all the like dallas stuff i don't want to be like too spoilery with the like other copy of five so that's totally that's true yeah so we'll yeah. S- i guess we'll s- we'll wait and see <laughs> what what they come up with all right and then the final thing in in disney news um as of today so this is re- record day which is monday peek behind that curtain um we have gotten the announcement of the new president of um or the new chairman of disney parks experiences and products at Disney, uh, it is uh, so replacing Bob Chapek, who is now the the current CEO of Walt Disney. Um, that's his position from before. He's now right. been replaced 
by Josh Diamaro, who was the president of Walt Disney World. Um, he's been uh, the president of Walt Disney World for the last year, and now they've promoted him into this new position. Um, so that's a that's a big deal. Uh, Josh Diamaro is is kind of loved in the Disney sphere. He he's not very, um, from what I understand about him, he's not one of those guys who's uh, controversial. He's not. Um, uh, what's his face? Uh, Michael. He's not Michael Eisner level where he's like you know slightly controversial and people have issues. Josh is kind of a he's kind of uh, a kind of a Disney prince all on his own. He's got the very very Disney prince look to him, um, and so I'm I'm not sad you at know all. What to we see call this that movie. though, right? Yeah, we call that the uh, the Ratner effect. Yeah, exactly. The uh, <laughs> we call that the Jay Ratner. That's the Disney prince look. I think it'll catch on. Yeah, I, I he agree. He's the like hair swoop thing. He's the he's the kind of guy who you know just could whisper sweet nothings to you as you fall asleep, you know, and you're just okay with it. That's what we're talking <laughs> about. No, yeah. we'll just move on. <laughs> I mean, uh, I think I mean me and Jay are just are just good friends. He can, he can whisper nasty somethings to me. I don't care. It's <laughs> either one, but doesn't have to be sweet. Um, all right, here's my final thing, and this is more of a discussion. All right. I had this conversation this week. What do you guys think about the phrase artsy fartsy? Oh, God, I hate it. I hate it so much. Okay. Ta- ta- uh, okay, you stay there. Is Lauren, there any you context tell me. to that? Say that again. Is there any context to that? What do you think about the phrase artsy fartsy? Uh, it doesn't like, I don't have that strong of a reaction like Patrick did, like that I hate it, but like. Well, you should. i've also never thought about it (laughs) so it's never offended you when someone says that lauren is that artsy fartsy girl no because it's completely true (laughs) let me no no no. let me take this artsy fartsy would artsy fartsy would suggest that you bedazzle bingo bags on the weekend that's what it suggests it is not a legitimate artist That's what I'm saying. It is crafty. It's not an actual, like, illustrator, designer, artist type person. And on top of that, if what you do is a career, then calling it artsy seems demeaning. So I hate it all the way around. That's exactly my sentiment, too. That's what I said. It feels demeaning. And their their pushback on it was uh, just think about it with a different perspective. And then it can be fun. The statement that they made, oh man, I should have written it down. I, I think it was. No, I completely uh, get where you guys are coming from, but I guess like, <laughs> I feel like I've already always understood that like people kind of have a bad attitude about like, but, like, or like don't always respect art stuff. Like I make fun of the fact that like I have an illustration degree by calling it a doodling degree. Like, you know, like I'm professional. So you're part of the problem. Sort of, like, <laughs> you're allowed to do that to yourself, but like yeah. I'm a developer. If someone called me developer-ish. That would offend me. And then I'm also... An but I feel I feel like most people don't know how to, like, communicate in art terms anyway. When that's, like, the biggest difference between, people, like, but, but here's and the, But here's the thing. <laughs> I, I, I'm saying that ignorance isn't a good enough excuse. And if you're talking to someone and that's their career, then I do... I genuinely believe it is demeaning to, to call yeah. it anything else, you know? Like... So the, if I was talking about you, and I, especially if I'm talking to you, and mm-hmm. I was describing you as like, oh, you're like, you're kind of an artist. Some of your stuff kind of looks like art. Like that doesn't feel good. <laughs> that kind of feels like no. pretty shite. So I'm saying to call someone artsy, I, I don't know. I don't like it. 
I yeah, I so I'm in that same camp. The 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 argument that they made was that um, if you just kind of shape your kind of tilt your perspective a little bit and shift your perspective, um, then just it can be fu- anything can sound fun if you change it. So their their quote was, um, "We got real artsy fartsy last night, and it was the best sex I ever had." <laughs> I'm like, well, I guess if you say it that way, like, <laughs> like I guess that does that does paint a different That's picture. <laughs> but for me, Patrick, I'm sitting in the same seat as you, where I'm saying it feels demeaning to me. Did you um, think of this because of this text? Like, oh my god! No, did I think of this okay. because no, no, this no the, my the text was a follow up to Andrew <laughs> being <laughs> yes, offended. Yes. But, okay. Okay. But okay. I, but that's the thing. Artsy fartsy just sounds like weekend warrior. It doesn't sound sure. like serious, like serious profession. I yeah. guess Not it would that, definitely matter so how somebody said it to me. But like, if somebody that like just said it kind of casually, I probably wouldn't make a fuss about it. But like. I, I can see where you could totally say it and be very condescending for sure. Like you could you definitely call me say it artsy fartsy because I suck at art. Yeah, no they asked me. That. They asked me to to use it in a sentence, and I said, "Oh, you wouldn't understand. You're just one of those artsy fartsy types." Yeah, that's exactly what so, I was gonna say. Like if you say yeah. it like that, then it sounds incredibly condescending. But if you're just yeah. like, "Oh, she's kind of artsy fartsy," and like just kept going, I wouldn't say anything. Plus, I like, just don't like the word fart. I hate the word fart so much. And I love that we've said it now a hundred times during this segment. Um, I and I have to edit this, which means I have to listen to it again. <laughs> uh, I Just saw a meme. Times, fart, fart, fart. <laughs> I saw a meme that said, I'm going to work on being less condescending. And then in parentheses, it says condescending means to talk down to people. <laughs> um, anyway, okay, that's, that's my that's around the table, uh, mostly discussion and uh, excitement about animation. All right, Lauren, round that's us good out. Good stuff. Okay, I've got one thing that I really liked and one thing that I didn't like at all. <laughs> uh, a movie that I really liked, uh, I found on Hulu, and it's called Prospect. Uh, it's kind of like a weird little quiet sci-fi movie. I remember seeing a trailer for this, like, literally, like, over two years ago, because it's, like, from 2018. Um, but it has Pedro Pascal in it, uh, which is kind of why I remembered it. R.I.P. Oberyn. Uh, and it's just like a cool little sci-fi movie. Uh, it's really low budget. He's the only actor you would recognize. Um, and the story is it's uh, about like a girl and her dad who are like space prospectors. And they're roaming around in outer space looking for planets where they can harvest these kind of like, I would call them like space oysters sort of because they have to get these like pearl gems out of these creatures. And that's like what they're um, mining or whatever. And so they go for like one last job. And of course, it doesn't go so well. But uh, it's a really good little, like, exciting thriller space adventure. It's only 90 minutes, and, like, I just really dug it. So if you, like, are just in for a good little adventure, I totally recommend this movie. So I haven't – so I, I feel like I've seen the trailer. I haven't seen the film. I am looking at stills from the film right now. Yeah, and I the just costume think, designs are cool. Right? They're I love so, their spacesuits. That it, – like – it is on the verge of almost like playful sci-fi, but it's mm-hmm. still being serious. And it has a bit of a retro, like, uh, yeah. you know, looking toward the future look, you know, it looks like people that have never been to space design them kind of <laughs> like, if you imagine the yeah. style, you'd have seen like the fifties mm-hmm. or the it's whatever. It's very like, like kind of a fantasy version of space. Yeah, and yeah. If anything, it's kind of like a Western-y type story. So like, it's kind of mashing a lot of different ideas into one like quick little movie. It is one step more serious than the characters they would have walk around Tomorrowland, <laughs> like, yeah, exactly. like the actual yeah. outfits. Like, yeah, that's the uh, that's what I was thinking. And it, uh, what's that movie um, where there's the big alien and they in- interact with it with the, behind yeah. that big Alien's piece of glass? 
<laughs> alien. That's oh, oh, um, uh, arrival, arrival, arrival. It, this has a, an, a very much an arrival feel. Is Pedro Pascal mm-hmm. only able to do westerny types of things? Because, because I mean, the Mandalorian <laughs> yeah. is a spaghetti western. This looks like a sp- spaghetti space I mean, western. He started in like <laughs> Game of Thrones. Oh, he's in Narcos. That's like not at all. Yeah. Okay. Good. I was starting to wonder if he was just being typecast. That's all. I was concerned I like for him his so career. Much. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think you need to be concerned for his career. He's, now that he's like in a Disney, like, and now that he is like the Mandalorian, he can just go to conventions the rest of his life and be set. How about that's Timothy? true? He doesn't have to do anything else. Wow, it doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. Timothy Oliphant. And like, I was about to say about him joining Mandalorian, but we don't have to go there right now <laughs> because you realized that was all you had to contribute. I know how excited you both. Thirty get. minutes of dialogue. <laughs> it's okay. I know, and I. I realize I, that I just don't want to listen to it right now. I just don't want to uh, listen to it right on, now. On that note, though, Lauren did text me later, like two days yeah. later after our conversation. I would like for you to, for the record, uh, circle back so that the entire world knows uh, what you said to me. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, so. Fuck you, I Andrew. I, <laughs> <laughs> I never was. This is never a, a fuck you thing. Jeez. <laughs> I just like to like, I don't know. Anyway, uh, so I texted Andrew because, like, I had just gotten to the uh, episode in... I'd stopped right before this when we talked about it, uh, but I had stopped at the episode in Clone Wars right before they actually have Boba Fett show up in the show. And the way that they integrated that with how he is one of, like, the clones, basically, is really interesting. So I feel... I would double down on that. He will be Boba Fett and a clone. And I think that's pretty cool. And you were excited about it. Yeah, I am. Yes. I'd say so. That was the that was the part that you left out just now that you had said in the text. And I was like, she sees my perspective on this, and no, she's gonna I hide didn't. it under a bushel basket. No, I, I didn't know. I didn't remember exactly what I said. Sorry, but like, yeah, I am excited. I was excited about it anyway. But I'm. I think now I see do more you think, possibilities. Do you think maybe when you get really upset, you just kind of black out and forget things? <laughs> <laughs> excited. We know how mad you <laughs> get at us, specifically Patrick. We know how much you <laughs> just shake like your head. That. Uh, okay, let me talk about my other thing now. Uh, uh, the other thing I did not <laughs> like as much. Nice, nice, uh, nice way to slow dance around that. <laughs> Just nice little tiptoe. Okay, you both Uh-oh. shut up. My turn. We're going to hard transition no. now on my terms. <laughs> I'm just bad at transitions. It is not because I don't like what you guys are saying. We, we will send you. We will you send you to Segway School. Me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's one piece of in, that's one piece of training we didn't give her that the three of us had gotten. If we get four more patrons, we'll send you to Segway School. Notice how I segue that into Patreon, which makes us money. See, that's because see? he. That's because you guys he's have been. Practice. He's been to Segway School. Yeah, <laughs> classes start at seven thirty. It sucked. <laughs> I'm not showing on for the early class, that's for sure. <laughs> I have no solid segue to get back to whatever I'm going to talk about. So I was <laughs> I was wondering how this was going <laughs> to I got it now. I got it. I actually got one. Speaking of things I don't like, <laughs> I hated uh, Nosferatu. Uh, and it's spelled N-O-S-4-A-2, if you look this up. Uh, I thought this would be a show that I was going to love. The premise is like, hey, there's a, like a spooky, scary vampire. And this like cool girl who's an artist has to go like become a supernatural detective and track him down. It's not really like that. It's a lot of melodrama about like her and her family. And then she's like, I don't want to have powers and stuff. And it's just like 
a terrible. <laughs> like, yeah. I really hated it. Like, and it's, I wish it was like as cool as that. I wish it were yeah, just as cool as that. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Zachary I mean, Quinto plays the like vampire guy, and that's by far the most interesting thing. But we watched like three and a half episodes, and like they maybe had fifteen minutes of him on screen, and so it was just like I'm not like I couldn't get into it. And then they started explaining like basically like all the people in this have pow- like I would call it kind of like The Shining, like they it's like a little bit different, but like whatever, it's something similar. But their word for it is strong creative, and I was like I cannot watch this show anymore. I'm done. Like, <laughs> artsy fartsy here's the thing yeah and <laughs> i thought of that when you said this but like they do things where this girl like is an artist and they make such a big deal about it that it pissed me off so much like she's in a small small town and she mentions she wants to go to RISD, and everybody knows what it is and i'm like this is a joke <laughs> well i by the way what i was holding up that you both referenced uh gary ham who uh we have had on the show before uh, at least once part of me thinks we had him on twice like once for like a panel like but panel yeah maybe it was just the once i don't remember uh he he does a lot of stuff in wood specifically because he was comfortable with that medium early anyway he actually did a pin of nosferatu but it's the mm-hmm. uh, stylized version of the original nosferatu and it is done in wood which i think really for a vampire cool. and the fact that it's done in wood and uh it also smells of garlic uh it, it does it really that's just no that's just from his studio patrick's studio just <laughs> yeah constantly my studio smells like garlic uh unfortunately vampire he doesn't have proof. any more of these in stock they're sold out but that's all i just i really love this pen and it was it was a chance to talk about it on the show ever so briefly you may continue talking about the worst Is the that, worst version of nosferatu oh that's cool that that's a pin because i just thought that was like a little neat oh no it is thing. it is a that's pen awesome. so and it's a two layers of wood yeah. Yes. By the way, this pin cool. was twenty five dollars. It was not it's big though. Yeah. Inexpensive. Oh, it is gigantic. It's perfect size for Patrick. Yes. Because we all know I have an eighty thousand dollar torso. <laughs> you, you, Lauren, could tent under it though. Yeah. If it was raining <laughs> yeah, outside, you could just put it over your head. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You'd be fine. <laughs> I'm imagining perfect. Michael Scott with like uh, his Halloween costume. You could just have the other head coming uh-huh. out of your shoulder. It'll uh-huh. be nice. Uh, That'd be yes, super gigantic. Cool. It's gigantic. Yeah, I like that me, pin so. a thousand times more than I like this show. So go buy that pin and look at that instead of watching the show because it's not very good. <laughs> Where is the? What's the show on? I missed. It's that on part. Hulu. I don't know if it was on TV or not. I didn't do that much research. I remember like hearing about it a long time ago, and I heard like because I heard the premise, and I was like, oh, I love like vampires and like cool teen superheroes. This will be fun, and it's just not my cup of tea. I'm just imagining the type of show that has that premise and still doesn't live up to your expectations, it's got to be a pretty bad show. Yeah, yeah. I didn't like I it mean, at all. <laughs> so, yeah. so, wait, because save your time. there are things that you like that are a bit more fanciful than I, th- like, for me. Like, they're a, a bit too, like, trying to think of the right words. But the point is, I can tell yeah, I would yeah. really not like this show. Yeah. So. Yeah. If it were more straightforward, like, cool vampires, it would be so much better, but they just, like, try so hard to make it weird. <laughs> Did you, like, wait, what's the, what was the, what was the series of, like... The, wait, wait, I love that the lack of vampires and werewolves are what makes it weird. <laughs> if you're calling the show to make it too weird, too, what do you expect me to want? <laughs> yeah, I want more vampires. What was the, the, I think they had a, I think they had three films, I think. Uh, Underworld. Is that it? Oh. The vampire? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I've seen those. D- did you like those? 
I mean, like I had fun watching them, but I don't. I would never like recommend them to somebody as like a good movie, you know, like unless you just want to watch like a silly action movie. I guess I'm trying to understand: is the tone of this TV show like Underworld? No, it's it's no. honestly like weird. I can't quite think of anything that's like like this. Um, maybe Castle Rock is like the closest. I feel like, but I think that that's that was way better. Until the I've never seen episode. Castle Rock. I've seen Castle. Oh. Castle Rock is great. I haven't I, seen the new season of Castle Rock. I haven't watched the second season, but I really hated the end of the first season of Castle Rock. I great. did too. I did too. Where they were like, they just went back on the entire season. I was like, I hated it. Well, it so let's hold on on the spoilers, everybody, because Patrick might watch Castle Rock. I'm in the habit of watching. That is so eight, vague. You will not figure it out. And it's I'm too scary a, for you. Of watching eight-year-old shows. I was going to segue <laughs> into my master category. It's not time yet, but see, see how I've already <laughs> got it like primed? He's already primed it. He's primed the pump. Speaking so of priming the pump. See, even a fake, just do a fake segue. That's exactly. all you have to do. Speaking yeah. of the thing I just said, and then start talking about something totally even different. Even if no one was talking of that thing. You know what I'm saying? Eventually, one day, I will learn. Yeah, after four more patrons. <laughs> when we send you to segue school, I will applaud you. Is this like a special master class? Like it's a master's class. <laughs> We'll start our own master's. That's going to go in uh, this week's uh, uh, business ideas, yes. which we also talk. That's a tease for something that hasn't happened. But instead of master class, we're going to do master's class. Well, and here's Take why. all their branding a la uh, Fired Festival and Mark Bricky. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, oh, my goodness. Um, okay. Is that, were those your things? That's it? I'm done. Yeah. Okay. Brief. Well, then I think uh, it's time for us to talk about some categories. <laughs> Big shout, by the way, to uh, Big Shout the Fire Festival. I don't know why we didn't talk about it in the around oh the my table, gosh, but yeah. Fire Festival that's, that's been was my whole day doing that. Fire Festival was this week. I was able to catch. I think I caught four of the talks. I had a couple meetings that were peppered in, and and I ha- just under deadline right now. But I was able to catch four of the talks that were going on. Um, and I actually I took notes during one of them. And let let me just say I don't take notes. I don't like the idea of note taking. I, I feel like if you take notes, you're not paying. For me, if I'm taking notes, I feel like I'm not paying attention. Lauren is writing this down as I'm talking. Yep. And no, I thought just, something. Sorry. Uh, I do so take she, a lot of notes. I don't know. I just don't. I uh, taking notes for me takes me out of the conversation, and I feel like it isn't necessarily helpful. So I normally don't. And yet there was some stuff being said that I was just like, I need to remember this. And I wrote things down. So that is a sign to me. There was some really, really good content. Also, there were like 500 people there. Uh, Mm -hmm. I know Mark said he raised like seven grand or something like that in uh, gift cards to give out to people. So uh, awesome job. Uh, Congrats to, I say congrats, really congrats is to me and all the people that went because we're the ones that got to benefit from it. not congrats mark mark had to work his butt off and now he's going to be exhausted and can't talk for the next week but congrats to all of us that got to attend it was super super good stuff and then thank you for all the speakers that took their time okay agreed very very quickly i don't have a ton to say on this topic uh but it is very very straightforward and i'm gonna talk uh shows available on netflix specifically i'm going to talk about episodes but i do want to circle back to hollywood because we've had a lot of chat in the slack and so i just want to make my thoughts public i did finish watching hollywood okay uh i went back and finished the show i made it past episode three went through all i believe there's eight in total and uh my yes is that are you how many wieners are in the show in total it turns out episode <laughs> three was basically the totality the totality of the uh the ween that was so it was, uh, a, th- it was a three and done 
based on our prior discussion, that is extremely disappointing. <laughs> yeah, you. It, it's not like coronavirus. This graph doesn't keep climbing. You know, like it was a, <laughs> it was a short little bump and it's gone. I mean. It, I, I say oh. short. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so uh, many innuendos in that sentence. Oh, man. Penises so are allowed, but not big ones. That's <laughs> just the reality. Like, Netflix is like, you can have a couple penises, but more than, maybe, like, five maybe inches. It's, maybe nah. it's a total length that they're allowed. Like, it's a number. <laughs> <laughs> and so you just... You, just, you can have one is 12, <laughs> or you can have three at four. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's how you have to parse it out. <laughs> So whichever one you want to have. And someone have will like be there to measure. <laughs> <laughs> probably. That's, oh, my God. That's probably a good job. You probably uh, get paid a day rate to go in and measure a penis for 30 seconds. I'm not going to lie. I would I, I would, would get it. paid in breakfast tacos if that's what it took. <laughs> that'd be a fun job. <laughs> that pays more than my current job. So, yeah. Um, breakfast tacos? <laughs> yeah. That, I'd give anything for some <laughs> breakfast tacos. <laughs> um, so anyway, I did finish Hollywood. Here's my issue with the show. Uh, it, it, it was way too clean. I keep wanting to call it sugary. It was just the people you thought, you know, the people that were good stayed good. And the people that you thought were bad turned out to be good because they really were like closeted activists and they, they always wanted the best thing. And they only did the bad things because they were sn like snuffing down their activism and like, so then by the end of it, like, everybody's on the same page and, and smiles and, like, you're a pervert, wink, haha, -ha, that's just you. Like, it's, <laughs> and I, I mean, I'm not talking about, I'm not, by the way, when I say pervert, I'm not talking about the gay people. I'm not calling gay people perverts. I'm call, there's specifically people in the show that have predatory behavior. They, like, force people to do sex acts in order to give them things in return. It's horrible stuff. And by the end of the show, those people are just a wink and a smile accepted with everyone else. There is there is no uh, there's no punishment. There's no uh, conflict. There's no uh, nothing. It, it, like everybody, it's like one of those things where it's just like, oh, that's just Uncle Randy. That's what I'm saying. And so yeah. by the end of it, it's just like, uh, well, everybody everybody lives happily ever after, and it doesn't make any sense to me. I don't. It seems like we gave a pat, like the show is giving a pat on the back to everybody in Hollywood. Uh, actors mm -hmm. and producers and executives and whatever and at the same time it's it's a baffling to me when we're dealing with a show in this era post me to post me to yeah. hollywood and it's dealing with progressive thoughts on sexuality uh and, and not just sexuality but gender identity and and uh those type of things to just give these abusers in the show a pat on the back for something that is wrong and immoral and illegal and all of these things it's just insane to me. I I just could not believe that's how they chose to take this season. And it's done yeah. in such a cloying, sugary way. So I, if you can't tell, question. deeply did not like the show. Yes. Uh, do you think that they did that intentionally to kind of just shine light on that is how a lot of this turned out at that time? Like there was no punishments and these people just got away with it? Or do you feel like it's not that intentional? You know, maybe, but the thing is, Brittany Wong made a great point, which is that, okay. I'm just curious, because, like, like, you know, like, in the, like, moral of the story kind of picture when you look at it at the end, do you think that that's, like, a little bit of the story they wanted to tell, that, like, these people did get away with it? I'm just curious what you kind of feel from watching the show. Yeah, but, but it's one thing if you get away with it, and it's another, th because you can imagine, 
plenty of people have gotten away with it, but their victims tend to hate them. We're talking mm-hmm. about you get away with it and everybody seems to be cool with you now. Okay, and yeah, that's, I don't like that's that. the thing that sucks. And Brittany Wong made a really great point in Slack, which is that it was uh, it, the fact that so many people were like pro these rights and pro changing the system and pro like it's one thing to say you have people that are fighting and they're fighting against this larger system and and it's just kind of like a you know one a small drop of rain but enough drops of rain and you know that whole thing and which is is the story right the story is that uh change has to start somewhere and it's very radical and those the first person tends to be alienated and hated but then over time they open the door for more people and and whatever that's the story but the way it's told is that everybody wants change everybody's ready everybody's ready for change Mm. everybody's this and and there's not what it does is it a takes away the reality because we're talking about you know we're talking about in time and history where these people were not accepted all right so a Mm -hmm. it's changing the the reality of it but b it's just removing the conflict from the show. It's removing a lot of the emotion from this show. Like you want to, you know, like for instance, Game of Thrones, Ramsey sucked hard. I mm-hmm. hated that guy. But yeah. the fact that I hated him made that season so good. Like when you have yeah, the you, Battle of the Bastards episode. When you have a villain episode, that you hate, like it's the best. Yeah. And so in this show, it's kind of like you take away all the villains. And mm-hmm. that, and so that's the other part that bothers me is because this, these are real deep, serious subject matter that feels mm-hmm. like it's just glazed over. And on top of that, even if we remove that, there's just not enough conflict in the show for me. There's not enough villains in the show for me. There's not enough reason for people to do what they're doing. Um, so it's a, it's a, it's a really, it's just odd. The, the, to me, the tone of the show is just weird. The moral is weird. The point is weird. Where it goes is weird. I, I like the sty- like how stylized it is. I like mm-hmm. many of the characters in the show. I, I think that uh, the parts, they, they could have been really, really compelling characters. And the direction is just bad. It's just not good. Yeah. So anyway, I didn't like it. I, that was That's my recap. It's a big recap. We talk about it in the Slack channel. Uh, if you like Hollywood, uh, understand when I give opinions. Uh, my, my, my opinions are it's my opinions, your not opinion, your opinion. Man. If you like it, continue to watch it. Continue to enjoy it. Continue to tell people that you enjoy it. I, stri- I just don't like the show. Not okay. enough wieners for you. And honestly, you could have distracted me. Like maybe if we had gone from a twelve to like fourteen, that would have been <laughs> enough to win me back. You know, I don't know. Uh, but they didn't negotiate that with Netflix, so that's Patrick, on them. More than a handful is a waste. What next? Uh, this is what I'm actually here to talk about. Is oh. is episodes? That's what I'm here to talk about. Is episodes and not episodes of something, but the show episodes which i understand could be confusing so i have never watched this show until this past week this is something that needed something to watch didn't want to turn on a movie and man i feel burned out on movies right now it's just not happening for me so uh on netflix episodes was available uh i do i mean broadly speaking like matt leblanc decided to give it a try and i have absolutely loved this show so i've finished season one i'm ready to start season two and um the idea is that it's a husband and wife writing duo. They have a show that's a hit show in the UK. They've won a BAFTA for it. And a, a Hollywood exec or a network exec uh, whose character is called Merck 
meets them at the BAFTA Awards and invites them to uh, recreate the show for an American audience. And so they move to L.A. to recreate this show under the the understanding that they are going to basically create the exact same show. They're even trying to pull in original cast members and everything to recreate the show. And then, of course, that is not at all how it happens. The show gets Americanized, gets completely changed. It, Matt LeBlanc ends up uh, being the main character, and he's playing himself, just a kind of uh, uh, exaggerated version of himself is how it's described. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, um, and so it is this tension of this very serious writing couple trying to make their show in a situation where they don't really have control and um and they're in LA so the 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 people and the 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 setting is different and they're dealing with uh Matt LeBlanc and uh, Matt LeBlanc and one of the couple actually hit it off and become friends and Matt LeBlanc and the other uh and the wife actually are not friends and, and in fact start hating each other and so there's all the tension mixing with that and I I love I have loved season one so much. It's a it's a bit of a slow start. It's like anything else. You need to kind of get used to it, get used to the flow, get used to the characters, um, all that kind of stuff. So uh, episode one is is a bit odd, and in fact, episode one's kind of disorienting because it throws you in somewhere in episode six, and then it rewinds, and then you catch back mm. up in episode six, and then you finish yeah. out the season. It's kind of interesting how they do that. Episode one and two were a bit. I was still iffy, but I was keeping it on. By the time I got to episode four, I was laughing out loud. I was just fully engaged, and I'm very, very excited to watch season two. Uh, Looking ahead a little bit, season two is very, very well-reviewed. And in fact, in season two is when Matt LeBlanc actually wins a Golden Globe for his performance. Um, So Mm -hmm. very excited to get into season two of the show. I don't know that all five seasons are consistent. It looks like it changed networks at one point, and so I'm sure it's up and down. But enjoyed season one, excited for season two, and that is episodes. Andrew, you've seen all of it. I have, yeah. I watched. Uh, I watched it. I liked it a lot. It's it's hard because I. I don't know. Like it it is good. It definitely hits some peaks and valleys. Um, it being Matt LeBlanc and it feeling like Matt LeBlanc um, all the way through is really kind of fun. It's kind of like watching Curb Your Enthusiasm in in a way. Yeah, because because uh, Larry David plays himself in that and he has all the trappings of the success of of Seinfeld. And so there's lots of callback to Seinfeld. This is very much the same with Matt LeBlanc. People mistake him for Joey all the time from how friends. you doing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you hear and that so phrase so many times. <laughs> he has to live. In, we are experiencing we are experiencing his um, experience post a show that was you know defining right and so he's trying to escape the defining he's trying to escape joey tribbiani and for these very serious writers at the same time yeah at the same time trying to capitalize on it like trying to use that fame to propel him into something new and Mm. for these these two writers who consider themselves to be very serious and have made even though it's a comedy what they consider like a very smartly done comedy joey leblanc represents all of the things that they feel they are not. And I love that so you just said Joey LeBlanc. That says everything. Yeah. I'm sorry. You said Joey LeBlanc, which I think says everything. Like his character yeah. and his his actor name are like interchangeable. Synonymous. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. Matt LeBlanc, Joey. Like yes. a lot more people probably know him as Joey from Friends. Like Right. 
And so the <laughs> issue is that 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 same thing that that uh, uh, precedes him of being a part of Friends is what creates a lot of the conflict for this couple. And it's it's a uh, so it, it I, it's very very interesting show. There's um, I man, I really enjoyed it. I'm gonna not talk about it anymore. Just go watch it. Uh, it's How called episodes if you haven't seen it. It's five seasons. It's like five seasons, yeah. I think the fifth season was on Showtime. I don't know that it was all on Showtime, but uh, it, maybe it all was. Again, I don't. I haven't really looked into it very much, but I know that I enjoy the show. And uh, uh, again, once I get past the first couple episodes, finding myself laughing out loud. Very pumped for season two. Hopefully, we'll kick that off tonight. So that is going to go, Lauren. Uh, so. I am going to do something kind of different this week. Uh, I feel like I haven't done that much new stuff. The new stuff that I have done, I talked with you guys about. So uh, this is actually something that was like relevant like two weeks ago, but I think it'd be fun to play with you guys. Uh, so there's this thing going around on Twitter uh, that was hashtag five perfect films or five perfect movies. And the challenge is to kind of come up with your list of five perfect movies. And I think that like between all of us, we have kind of, very different movie tastes of probably what makes a perfect movie. And if we could come up with five that we all agree on, then there probably are perfect, but maybe it'd be more fun to come up with our own list. But uh, I have some that I collected like from Twitter reading uh, about this. And then also like I wrote a list of some that I think are probably perfect. (laughs) So does anything come to your mind like right away when I say like, yeah, I I mean, I I have a couple couple, right away. So why don't you kick us off, Lauren? Okay, I'd say, like, the most non-controversial, the original Lion King, the animated one, is perfect. You don't need to change anything. It's wonderful. I can get on board with that. I don't have a strong enough opinion to get on or off board of that. That's fair. (laughs) Man, mine are going to be, I mean, that's a very thoughtful answer. Mine are going to be pretty wildly different. I know, I'm Um, putting you guys on the spot, but, like, I have, like, I had a backup list just in case that... I, cons- I consider Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind to be a perfect film. And I'm, I know that oh, Andrew yeah. knew I was going to say that one. Uh, yep. or I, I, think I saw that on a lot of people's lists, actually. And I love that movie. From just the subject matter, the, the feelings that, it, that it are being emoted, the feelings it causes you to emote, uh, even just uh, in, not just in the performances, the performances are great, but the, the camera tricks they do, like it, it mm-hmm. looks like there's a lot of CGI in the film when there isn't. It's all like camera trickery. So there's a lot of impressive things they did just in the filmmaking process. And so from all these different uh, areas, these little facets, it makes me really just feel like this is a perfect film. I mean, I, I gosh, I love that film. So that, that would be mine. That would be at the top yeah. of my list. Uh, I would, I go would for that say one. I love it. I would say one at the top of my list would be um, Pan's Labyrinth. That was one I had on my like honorable mentions list because I was like I, I did narrow it down to like five, but like I love that movie and I think that that is Guillermo del Toro's best movie and maybe ever will be. But like it's like just a masterpiece. It's perfect. Yeah, yeah, I think that's that's for sure one for me. All right, what's another that's such one? Such a good one. Uh, Into the Spider Verse. Oh. I wow. genuinely just love that movie from the soundtrack to every single frame. I think it's perfect. Like the message, the like I quote it all the time. It's funny. It's, it's exciting. Like I love it. It's great to rewatch. Such a good movie. Yeah. No argument for me. I, I agree with that. That's a good one. Yeah. The problem is I have movies that for me feel very perfect, but it doesn't mean they're like. But perfect. that's that's OK, because this is your opinion. Like, I don't think that it has to be like perfect for everybody. Like, you know. 
That's what makes but it interesting. since two out of the three of us said Pan's Labyrinth, I think that does make that one emphatically, objectively perfect. So Yeah, it would, but I think that's kind of interesting to go through our different ones and see, you know. But just to be clear, you and I are winning wins. and he's losing right now. <laughs> sure. I would pick No Country for Old Men on my list. Oh, yes. I didn't think of that one, but that was so good. So I, good. Th- it's another one of those films that from start to finish, uh, it just so captivating, so engaged. Mm-hmm. I love the moral ambiguity of the film where, you know, the, the, the morally, the morally strong person is actually the villain and the, per- mm-hmm. I, I, oh my, and it, I just love it. I'm going to start think about that movie positive things, but it's great. I know this might be a stretch for you, but the book is also really good. If oh, I bet it is. Book. I bet yeah. it is. <laughs> the uh, another movie that I think is 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 perfect. Uh, again, you know, it's for me, but I think a movie that's perfect is um, uh, Dumb and Dumber. Oh, I think it's, I think that's it's a perfect. fun choice. I think it's, it's so good. It encapsulates so it is perfectly quotable, perfectly fun. Um, it also perfectly encapsulates a moment in time um mm-hmm. like it, it it is that part of the 90s like yeah like like a, like cool runnings would be right like it captures these like specific mm-hmm. uh era an era of filmmaking it absolutely captures that and so i think that's one for me i, I don't know if i would put that on my like perfect list because i kind of just have like more fun memories and stuff like around that movie and i really like it but like i don't know if it would cut onto the I don't know. Oh, that's a. a I feel movie. like that's a good one, though. You see, you, I could totally see you splitting up this list by genre, though. Sure. Yeah. I yeah. mean, honestly, like once I started doing this, I came up with way more than five, and I thought I would never be able to think of five at first. And then once you kind of get going, you're like, oh, but this and that, you know. <laughs> all right. Let's all let's all give one more. So, what's one okay. more you want to share, Lauren? Shaun of the Dead, I think, is another like perfect movie, and it's. It's just so funny. Like, I quote that movie so much. I, I Another one with the great soundtrack. Like, I love how it, like, circles back on the story a lot. Like, not even as obviously as, as World's End does, but, like, they just do so many clever callbacks and stuff. Like, I love that movie. Interesting. Yeah, there's no way that would make any of my list. But... Yeah, that's okay. Here's one that I think we'll all be able to agree on, and I'm going to go way outside of my box into something that I don't even like, genre-wise. Toy Story. Yeah, <laughs> it's it's tough because like I just don't have anything bad to say about it, but I don't feel like I don't feel very strongly. But that's about what I'm saying. With, within the genre, I don't know how you can say anything bad about it. Like how and what what could you possibly change about the film? I mean, I would yeah. assume that's yeah. the criteria of it being perfect. And on top of that, look at what look, just look at the significance of what Toy Story has led to. Yeah, either through yes. the studio or just in the animation world itself. I mean. Without Toy Story, that radically changes the landscape for years. So mm-hmm. uh, I, I think Toy Story wins on several levels. Yeah, I, uh, I have a hard time that, like saying no, but yeah. I I uh, recently rewatched, and then I've talked about this quite a bit, even last week. But uh, I think Who Framed Roger Rabbit has to make that list for me, because again, movie. that that yeah. ushered in that that has, that is equal parts playful family adult <laughs> um animation mm-hmm. live action technical prowess um just the the feats they had to they had to go through to make that film possible star power all mm-hmm. of that stuff uh i think you'd be hard pressed to find a better 
or even a, I, I think it's genre bending because it is so many different yeah. things. And it is, as far as I know, the only time that we've seen a crossover of major studios coming together to, to produce one project um, that ultimately no one actually officially owns and, and leaves it now in IP limbo. What about like Ready Player One? Ready oh, Player One. He hates one? that. He oh, hates Ready Player One. I actually hated Ready Player One. No, 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 not not to put uh, on this list. I meant like in that IP <laughs> land that you're talking about. Sorry, because I I didn't uh, even want to watch no, that because, movie. <laughs> no, because this this movie wasn't um, because uh, those are like cameos of of things, and they just they just paid for licensing, right? Okay. They they, they I, license I the, the ability the to end. to show these different characters. However, this was Warner Brothers Studio and Disney Studios coming together in a joint project. Yeah. Um, and so that's it's just a it's wholly it's a wholly different experience, and I don't know that we'll ever because it caused so much because it's just such a headache, and why why we don't see a ton of Roger mm-hmm. Rabbit stuff. Um, I don't see that we'll I don't see how we'll get that again. You at know, least there in are the same way. There are other yeah. films though that I either feel like are super close or they're such a tight watch that I just oh, remember yeah. them so highly. Like for instance, The Hurt Locker. I remember watching that film and just feeling mm-hmm. like like whatever emotions it was trying to elicit, I had all of them for the entire runtime and it never let up. And so yeah. those movies feel like such perfect watch experiences. I'm sure going back you could or- pick apart a ton of stuff in the film, but the watch yeah. experience I feel like it lands so well in that moment that it makes it feel like a perfect film. Yeah, or oh, literally yeah. 95% of of Tom Hanks' filmography. Like like <laughs> right? legit, like like legitimate like as I was thinking Big. this through I was like, well that's that that's Tom Hanks. Well that's Tom Hanks. Well that's Tom. maybe I should just say Tom Hanks and then that covers all Well, of, I you know, I was going to say Forrest Gump is like a movie that I think is pretty much perfect. You know, that's a great it's movie. It's slightly too long. That's what would take it off of my list. <laughs> mm. I feel like it doesn't feel long. And even though I've seen it a million times, it never feels long. But I love that movie. I will say this before we kind of close up shop on the topic, that the, the movie that was listed the most, and I, I completely agree on when I was on Twitter, is Princess Bride. And I didn't hear what you said. Oh, yeah. Boo. Princess Bride, yes. Good Actually, you, Patrick. I, no, listen, I <laughs> like never seen it. super made out with a girl that, by the way, is not who I ended up marrying. I, I made out for that entire movie. So whenever I think about that movie, I think about this girl named Brittany and just making out with her the whole time. That's all. Oh. I would be, it would be hard you to watch it again because uh, it's I totally should probably rewatch it. the film. Yeah. But the problem is it's that's the so only good. memory associated with that film. So when I think of it, I just think of an ex-girlfriend. Well, you're going to watch it, the and then all you'll years. be able to think of is all the awesome quotes and stuff from this movie and all the jokes that you finally understand from having seen it now. <laughs> like, <laughs> and all the jokes you finally understand. I feel like it's referenced so much in so many things. Like, Oh, yeah. it's I would, Like, I, would I say, it's, have fun storming the castle at least, like, three times a week. Like, <laughs> yeah. I say, as you wish. I say, uh, yeah. hey, you guys. <laughs> <laughs> I say, I am Inigo Montoyo. You killed my father. Prepare yeah. to die. All the time. Uh-huh. <laughs> oh, I'm not really left-handed. I say that one a lot. <laughs> but are you left-handed? No. <laughs> that's why oh, I say it. Yeah, so then it's accurate, too. So that, it's, <laughs> exactly. good when a, it's good when a quote also works out for what's in real but life. But maybe she wants you to think she's left-handed. Ah. Yeah. Oh, and the, I don't think that word means what you think it means. So many good quotes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, I say inconceivable. 
oh in, yeah in yeah conceivable <laughs> amount of times <laughs> daily um all right so that's fine yeah, Thanks, what guys. yeah i want to see uh maybe throw up some of your favorite movies that we missed i'm sure it's probably <laughs> what is that look patrick it's not telling people to throw up just sounds weird to me but oh, i okay. i see throw what you're out. saying how about this <laughs> throw out throw out is that better patrick yeah about vomit mm-hmm. vomit out your <laughs> ideas favorite movies of, of what your favorite <laughs> movies are um yeah. okay uh yeah throw it in the slack channel or or wherever and and bring yeah the yeah and i think uh whenever you all hear this let's hear your favorites in slack this is fun because i feel like it just makes me want to watch a lot of movies like i want to watch all these movies <laughs> That's literally what yeah, I just, just said. It's basically the same oh, thing, I but yes. It's the exact same thing. I thought you were telling me to do it specifically. No! Sorry. Th- no! You just said yours. Why would I be telling you to do that? I don't know. The way that you said um, it, I thought it, that's what you meant. That means I'm really good at talking. Okay. For a second, you thought you were the audience again. That's what I'm saying. Like Andrew just sucks people in. We're like, I feel like he's talking See? to me. I'm the king of segues. <laughs> Speaking of segues, um, I have my category now. Here it comes. <laughs> that was a pro move. <laughs> that is a pro move. Um, all right. So uh, this week we, we got the uh, the newest um, film that went straight to video, straight to on demand uh, from the major studios. We got Scoob, the CG mm-hmm. adaptation of everyone's favorite mystery solving pup and uh, team. And it was uh, a so the way that they're doing these, I don't know if you know this, but like Trolls came out, uh, Trolls World Tour came out mm-hmm. and um, they were saying you could rent it and then you could or you could buy it like right away. And to rent it was twenty dollars to rent. Mm-hmm. Um, and then so we didn't we haven't watched it yet because I, at first I was put off by that because I think the idea of renting it, I understand why, like giving it yeah. like 10 seconds of thought I get like, well. They're assuming you're watching this as a family. They haven't had a theatrical release, so like, and if you took to your family, you would spend more than twenty dollars. Exactly. Anyway. So like, it all makes yeah. sense. Like, Someone I'm not, I'm not at all too. arguing that 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 that's a bad business move at all. But it just because of that sticker shock initially, we haven't watched that one yet. So we kind of had that understanding coming around. So the day that this that Scoob came out, I was very excited. So we 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 went ahead and bought it. It's twenty five dollars to to buy or twenty dollars to rent. And if you buy mm-hmm. it, you get like all the iTunes extras and things like that too, with like behind the scenes stuff and bloopers yes. and you know whatever, um, deleted scenes. But this movie is really good. Like it's super fun. If you did, you guys grow up watching Scooby Doo? Yeah. No, not really. I mean, I've seen a few episodes, but as a kid, I I didn't enjoy the show, so I didn't seek it out. So this this is a bit of an origin story, but like the origin story kind of happens in the first. 10 minutes of the movie and then it catches you up and then kind of it does a quick cut montage of the group, the gang uh, kind of uh, becoming the gang that we know of. And so it it kind of does lots of jump cuts between all of these, these mysteries that they solve with all these ghosts and ghouls and bad guys, but they're the ones that you remember from the TV show. So like, you've got like the scuba, the the scuba tank one, the phantom one, you've got um, the, like all like the pirate. Uh, you've got the 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 one that like all the major bad guys that you remember the from rogues the old gallery. series. Yeah, the rogues gallery of bad. That's perfect. Yeah, the rogues gallery of bad guys. Mm-hmm. You see all of that in about a two minute montage with the Scooby Dooby Doo. Where are you? Kind of remixed song. Yeah. Um, which is fun, but then it catches you up, and then you're now in present day Scooby Doo world, and so it's a whole new adventure, a whole new challenge, a whole new mystery to solve, and the the, the movie kind of center. I'm not gonna give you 
much in way of the the, the movie, um, or in, in way the movie, in way of like the the storyline. Because I think you should go watch it. Um, but uh, listen to the to the um, to the voice cast of this movie. I had mm-hmm. no idea going into it who the, the cast was, but Will Forte. Oh, is I shaggy. could tell from the the uh, commercials. I was like, oh, because I wasn't. I was only well, listening. I, was, and I, was I like, specifically what wasn't movie is watching. Will Forte com- in? I specifically wasn't watching commercials. Like when when there's things like this that I know I want to see and I don't want anything. Like oh, I don't want it's any just of the on story TV given commercials. Yeah, um, and I don't watch TV, so that's probably why I just watch yeah. other things. Um, so I avoided any sort of promo for this movie, really, other than some of the visuals, which I fell in love with immediately. Uh, but Will Forte is Shaggy. Mark Wahlberg plays the Blue Falcon, which Blue Falcon is a character, another Hanna-Barbera character, mm-hmm. a classic Hanna-Barbera character. Uh, Jason Isaacs plays Dick Dastardly, and Dick Dastardly is another bad guy from Hanna-Barbera. So this is kind of like a, a, a Hanna-Barbera multiverse. I was like, yeah, they're clearly trying to marvel this. Well, yeah, but it works really well. Um, you've got uh, Gina Rodriguez as Velma. You've got Zac Efron as Fred. And they actually kind of modeled Fred's face after Zac Efron a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, so it is still like holy Fred, but it's also when you know it's Zac Efron, you're like, oh, that's Zac Efron. Um, mm-hmm. Amanda Seyfried, uh, as, or I don't know, I think is it Seyfried or Seyfried? Um, but she plays about. Daphne. And then mm-hmm. you've got uh, Ken Jung as Dino Mutt. So Dino Mutt is in this nice. with, with uh, Blue Falcon. And Dino Mutt's uh, character design is flawless and beautiful and so fun. You mm-hmm. also have Tracy Morgan as Captain Caveman. Oh, fun. Well, I just Captain like Tracy Morgan. Caveman. I don't know who that character is, but I like Tracy Morgan. And uh, I kept waiting for, and Sun, but Sun doesn't show up. But Captain Caveman is in it, and it's, uh, it's again, it's like a Hanna-Barbera just like, just a smorgasbord of Hanna Barbera, and mm-hmm. where there where the characters aren't like actual active characters in the movie, there are Easter eggs of every other Hanna Barbera character, character all over this movie. So yeah. go and uh, just keep your eyes peeled because it's a lot of fun. That's the cool. writing is actually pretty good. Uh, like again, the voice acting is is on is on point. It's top notch. Uh, a little fun cameo that makes his way all the way through the movie is. Uh, um, Simon Cowell, and it's actually Simon Cowell, <laughs> but it's him playing himself in this movie. Um, so it's I have a feeling really he gets fun. kidnapped it's, or something. It's it's unique. So the the movie is is really unique. A funny story about it. So Dick Dastardly, if you don't know who that is, um, he has his he has his dog that I can't remember his dog's name right now, but you'd recognize them as kind of being quintessential Hanna Barbera. Is that guys, dog with like the villains. weird laugh? Yes. Yeah. He's kind of the wheezy yeah. laugh with the yeah, underbite. Yeah. 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 Yeah, yep. and he wears like that old school like aviator hat. It's funny. I don't think I ever knew what that character was called, but I've seen him my yeah. whole life. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, so Dick Dastardly, we're watching this movie, and Cooper, Cooper stops, and there's this part where where um, where Dick Dastardly is being a jerk to somebody in the in the scene, and Cooper goes, "Oh, I get why they call him. I get why they call him Dick," and we just started <laughs> laughing, and he goes, "Look at his nose." <laughs> <laughs> And at which point I died. I mean, I died in that in, in that exact moment. My body became That's a ghost, awesome. and uh, and the gang had to come solve that mystery. But it was the movie That's is awesome. very very fun. Um, the animation is good, not great. The character design is is massively uh, executed. It's so good. Um, the animation feels like it's like a B plus. 
Not a, not an yeah. A, but a B plus. But it was good enough. Like the story was good enough. The the writing was fun enough. The the uh, uh, the story was compelling enough that you kind of forgive some of that after the first half hour of the movie. Um, I'm going to totally watch it again. How was the ending credits? So the ending credits were beautiful. Matt Taylor, um, our friend Matt Taylor, months and months ago. Actually, I think it was mm-hmm. the first Mondo Gallery opening that you went to, right, Lauren? We were hanging out with Matt for a little bit, and he told us back then that he was um, actively Mm -hmm. working on all the title, uh, the title credit sequence for the movie, and it's quintessentially Matt Taylor looking at it. I actually thought it looks a lot different than his usual stuff. Maybe just because of the color palette, you know. And I don't know, but I do think it was the the color palette is what felt the most like Matt Taylor to me, like the hyper yellows and greens and pinks. I mean, like, I feel like they, they match Scooby-Doo with his his thing because it's yes. like I think of the, like they're the Scooby-Doo colors, like, you know, like that, like purple and green, like mm-hmm. Daphne has in the like orange sweater, you know, Velma, yeah. like it's using those colors. But and they're not exactly his usual ones. I feel like they're a little they look like more disco-y. <laughs> yeah, it did feel a little bit more disco-y, but some of his posters, some of his posters looked a little disco-y this past year. Yeah, some I think it was a stuff, good fit, so. but I thought it was fun yeah. to see that it's like a little different because I feel like he also doesn't draw animated characters much. It's, he draws a lot more realistically. Yes. And so because of that, I noticed a, a tangible, a tangible difference. That difference was. Um, I think he does a better job of capturing real world likeness than animated likeness. Uh, yeah. And I think the piece mm-hmm. was great. I loved the work that he did and how they animated yeah, kind of did really this like cool. subtle subtle animation to it. Um, I think it's great and I I wouldn't be able to do any better. I'd be able to do no. way way worse. But um, I do think that some of the like when you look at some of the work that he's done for the Marvel films and some of these other movies where he's dealing with like major A-list celebrity likenesses i do think he nailed those maybe a little bit mm-hmm. better than having to just stay on character model to for be, some of these animated characters to be clear though yes he directed all the design for the end credits he didn't necessarily animate every single frame i mean i, I believe he was working with a group of people was my i'm not saying the animation i'm saying the character i'm saying yeah, the, the illustrations drawings. Yeah. The actual illustrations. I haven't are, seen it, so I don't know how they're incorporated. But okay. Yeah. I, I was asking Instagram, if it's possible. Some of it already. I was asking yeah. if it's possible that he directed a piece of it that someone else actually illustrated, and that's what you were talking about. That's no, I think I, the, I think he illustrated all of the different pieces, and then someone else took them and did like that animation, animation. stuff too. That yeah, they they animated right. what he created for them because it's like it's almost like the Ken Burns version of like the Ken Burns effect of uh, of animation where it's just subtle manipulations of puppeting flat drawings mm-hmm. but they're layered is really all that it is. I it's see, not, I yeah. see, I see. You, when you see it you'll know exactly what i'm talking about um yeah uh but anyway it was so fun it was fun to to know that was coming and it was fun to see it and it was just i wish that this had been had gotten a theatrical release i would i would love a a pint glass from mondo with the artwork of the mm. characters on it do you wonder so. if they did those well, they probably, but uh, they did. They didn't. I don't know if they were planning on doing well, that, but it seems like a really yeah. good. Of yeah. all the things that they do, it makes a lot of sense because working with Matt Taylor, mm-hmm. first of yeah, all, that's and then second like, of all, huh. how colorful that would have been. Well, and how it does the seem, characters are great. It does seem like releases like that. Uh, they also tend to capitalize on with pint glasses. So this is something that families would have come out to, yeah. and kids could have. Uh, uh, like, Maybe they did like a mystery event. I love all they do those. Like, I want to say parties. the the last the last three or four big children's movie really. I say children. I realize that 
all ages yes. can watch family, this. But family like, movies. Family movies, they've done glasses for. So it wouldn't surprise me at all to see glasses for this yeah, one. Yeah, and it wouldn't have been a pint glass. It probably would have been like a the one of their. cups. They look like little three-quarter like glasses. Yeah, they're, they're like juice cups. They're, they're like juice glasses. Juice glass what? is what they call it like uh, on their website when you buy them. Oh, it might be. Juice yeah, glasses. okay. All right. I didn't, but yeah, the I didn't point is they're like. A, I thought they're like, it's they for, don't like you shouldn't give a kid a pint glass like you. <laughs> It implies beer, right. you know. It, like it feels like it feels like a three quarter glass. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, I, I could totally have. I would totally love to have that illustration with those mm-hmm. colors in my glasses collection. Like that would be totally great. Yeah, we don't get that anyway. Go get Scoob. Uh, it's twenty five bucks if you want to own it. I'd say just splurge the extra five bucks. Like, why not? If you're just like if you're renting it for twenty, just buy it and then you can rewatch it. I think there is some rewatchability to it because there's. The, the dialogue is pretty funny, and there's a lot of Easter eggs to be seen. Like, I know I only saw, I only scratched the surface of some of them. Um, so I would totally, uh, totally recommend watching it. So, um, okay. Is that everything? That's it. Well, that's good because we're an hour and a half in. So maybe we should go ahead and call this episode done. Uh, you can find us on mof1.network where you can find show notes and links to all the stuff that we just talked about. Hit up the uh, Slack channel, go to mof1.com network slash slack to join the conversation there uh and you can post your top five movie list along with lauren who's super gonna do it um and then (laughs) you can follow us on social media just search m of one podcast you can you can uh um support the show on patreon go to patreon.com slash m of one uh podcast and that helps us out so much uh it's it every couple of dollars legitimately does help us um, and so if you are currently a patron, thank you for uh, supporting the show. If you are not yet, uh, consider it. We're two, four, six dollars. We're, we're here and would, would love to. Uh, we're to cheap. Yeah, we're pretty cheap. If you manage, I sent out a couple of the coloring books. There's still a couple of outstanding ones. So if you want a coloring book and you did not uh, send us your address yet, what are you waiting for? I've got a couple more of them ready to go. So just let me know so we can get them out in the mail. When you do get your coloring book, uh, color in them and post it. We want to see that. Just tag us at yes. MF1 Podcast on all the different socials. And uh, give us a like and a rating and a review on iTunes and Spotify and all the different other things while you're at it. Right? Mm-hmm. See. Thumbs up. Perfect for an audio show. We're going to get out of this episode. I'm Andrew. I'm Lauren. I'm Patrick. Peace out. Adios. Bye. Zoinks.